This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to this Christmas episode of the Good Food Podcast. I'm Tom Kerridge, and in this special Christmas series, we'll be chatting about all things Christmas, from handmade gifts, ideas for your leftovers, and everything in between. This episode, Orlando Murrin, Malika Basu, and I will be discussing what a sustainable Christmas means to us, including tips from the Good Food Test Kitchen. On with the show. So I am sat at the table with three of my favourite things. Orlando, Malika and pigs in blankets. And there's a massive pile of them. It's excessive and extravagant pile of pigs in blankets. And I love them very much. And it is what makes Christmas. That kind of feel, that vibrancy, fun food like this. And there's a load of it. And they're gleaming. They are. They're sparkling. They're winking at us. They are. I mean, Christmas isn't Christmas without them, let's be honest, right? And there's, you always make sure that there's plenty, don't you? You make sure that there's loads of them. You make sure that there's excess so that you can have them cold on Boxing Day. Is there a point where Christmas does become too excessive? Is there a point where we all buy too much? We, we just, The shops are only closed for one day. And even some of those shops are actually open. But we go and buy so much stuff like it's the end of the world. Is there a way of making that excessive behaviour that we all enter into over Christmas? Is there a way of making it more sustainable? Oh, Unquestionably, I think one's approach nowadays is different from, from in the past because you want to, you want to have plenty of, of stuff to eat and you want to have presents and things, but I don't think you just want to lay it on with a trowel and you don't want binfuls of gift wrap and binfuls of uneaten food yeah but that what would happens be if loads of friends turn up Orlando what happens if, I bet you like everybody else like Malaga <laughs> you have an open door policy and you say come on round everyone come round feel free and, and you you buy food for when everyone comes round but they don't I don't think you have to be expected to lay on full meals for, for random callers by I think they'd be very grateful to have a snack or a nibble or a pig in blanket they wouldn't expect a whole fridge to be emptied in front of them and be given a big meal that might have happened in the past tom but i don't think so now. oh i don't know orlando <laughs> i mean they're all of south asia is looking at you in horror right now <laughs> I mean, you're gonna swing by anywhere surely you expect a full meal no i, I do think there's something about edible giving people gifts that are edible and they don't have to be excessive um thinking about things that are reusable and also recyclable. And those three things, if you look at those, and if you can be good with those three things at Christmas, that takes a lot of extravagance and waste out of the process. So what then does a sustainable Christmas look like? What does it look like for you? 
I think we should definitely not cook too much food. I mean, there's Christmas Day and there's Boxing Day. And, you know, Orlando, I know I was teasing you earlier, but, you know, there is a sense of portion control and that's good for all of us all round. But also looking at gifts, thinking about things that have longevity or that can just be eaten, you know, used up really quickly. So they're not festering, they're not going to waste. And I have two children and the toys mess when they were younger was just so much and Tom I can see you nodding furiously yeah. well my little man his birthday is four days before Christmas oh, so gosh. if you can imagine like like it is just a constant I mean it's great I mean it's magic it's amazing he loves it but you turn around like a couple of days after boxing day and you look around and the the, the excess of packaging and boxes and things that are there. It's huge, isn't it? It's massive. And we started doing this like, you know, we got people to pool in and we'd buy one something. So something the children needed. I think the gift wrap problem is a real problem. That, that Those mountains of sparkly paper is a bit sad now to see, isn't it? I, I'm, I'm afraid that this year I'm going no no. Christmas cards. I've, what, I've, what I'm going to do is, I've always been big on Christmas cards. See, I've never done it, but I'm going I'm to use that sustainability thing of going, oh no, I don't send Christmas cards. Nice no, no, work. sustainable. Is that, that, that's laziness. That's no, just like, I'll tell you, you what, can, it's great. No, 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 it's good. Sustainability is fine. It's, it, this is where the word sustainable, it doesn't just become a watchword. It's a great one. It's a wonderful excuse for being lazy. <laughs> I love, send no, now hear me out. Hear me out. What I'm going to do is, I've always been Mr. Christmas card. I've always said, take the you know, gorgeous picture of my cats you know surrounded by christmas baubles with with a tree and everything it's been a really major production back and front a double a reversible christmas card with one cat on the front and the other on the back wow double-sided paper so this is this is so squanderous it's not true so but i know that i'll get a lot of friends who will send me a card because they're expecting my lavish card back and what i'm going to do is every time that card comes in instead of panicking and buying a christmas card to send back to them i'm going to sit and send them an email which will probably take the same length of time as it would have done for me to buy the card, print out the label, buy the stamp, take it to the post office. And I'm going to send them a message to say, loved your card. Um, when I'm not sending cards this year, um, but and then give them a little bit of news and, and, you know, ask them for some news. I'm not going to do that thing where you give them that round robin letter thing where you say what you've been up to all year. That's really sinister, isn't it? It is a bit, yeah. isn't it? I can't see the carriage household doing a, a round robin letter to all their so friends. So rubbish at Christmas cards. So me and Beth have the complete different attitudes towards it. So I'm not like I ain't got time. I, I haven't got time to sit down and write Christmas cards. And if you think like there's so many, we've got 250 staff, so I can't send it to one. I got to send it to one. Let alone them friends and family and all of us. Like I start right. I'd have to start writing Christmas cards in June. Like <laughs> no, to get to the point. That's it's like, just too it's much. Like, I can't do it. But Beth is all about sending the Christmas cards, although she's not always the best organised. She has the best intentions. But the Christmas cards are already there come the beginning of November. However, they're not written and they don't get sent until about the 22nd of December. So it's kind of like it's that like, good intentions always fall by the wayside towards the end. So she's sending out three hundred Christmas cards. When, no, the staff don't get it. They get they get they get a chocolate orange and, and a smile. That's I think that's yeah. they, they're probably yeah. grateful for that too. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But what about wrapping paper? We need to talk about wrapping, gift wrapping generally, Orlando. I just we? think it's depressing mm. that, all that stuff. And and there's a real problem with with um the sparkly stuff. Hold on a minute. Is this being... Orlando Murray or the Grinch? Who's going here? It offends it offends my eye. It wants to be covered up with something. Thing. Now I don't want to be really, <laughs> I don't want to be really but, mean, but I'm not suggesting wrapping up with Christmas. newspaper. 
<laughs> but I think you have to use your head, really, and make it something modest. How about tissue paper? Tissue paper. What about um, also isn't paper? You get paper sellotaped on you, which is recyclable. Yeah, yes. So little swaps. I think we're talking about little swaps and no Christmas cards because then we can get away with saving some time. Yeah, time, uh, effort, Well, I'm spending energy. my time on sending affectionate messages, Malika. I'm, oh. just, I'm just diverting the time to something more meaningful. This is Orlando, the spin guru right here. <laughs> yeah, I love <laughs> well, it. Well, this is BBC Good Foods. Uh, Christmas theme is make it meaningful. So Orlando is being meaningful, I hope. Well, I mean, that is a good point. It is making it meaningful. How do you make your Christmas meaningful? So Christmas is an interesting one for me because I, you know, my family are Hindu and uh, Christmas is such a big deal for so many of us who are not actually celebrating it from a religious perspective. But I just love what it symbolizes. You know, it's a time to bring people together, to sit around a big table, enjoy food, share gifts. And and it's, it's a really important time of the year for me. And for me, I make it meaningful by bringing people together around a table that I wouldn't know see and also people that are likely to be alone. And, you know, loneliness is such a difficult thing. Like I'm often alone at Christmas because my kids go to their um, to their daddy. And so we get together a motley crew of friends, basically friends, neighbours. You know, I've had neighbours delivering Christmas food for me. What are you cooking though? Are you cooking? I Yes, I am usually cooking these days. So last year I did a full Christmas meal starting with uh, gravid lacks, basically, which I started a few days ago, like before the meal. And then I did a full-on Christmas turkey, all the sides, trimmings. Stuffing? Of course. In the turkey or separate? That's always a question for me in my head. Uh, Separate, I'm afraid, because I find it messes up with the timings makes the bird quite heavy and then you're you're struggling with managing the timings with everything else that's gone in the oven okay yeah um and uh, and i love working with seasonal ingredients but of course i'm always looking for a way to inject flavor into everything sounds delicious what about turkey alternatives though do you ever have a go at doing something different you know, it's an interesting one because I know we we love and hate turkey, don't we? We always talk about sort of alternatives to turkey. But to me, a Christmas table just looks a little bit empty without a big turkey sitting on it. And I've tried crown before, turkey crown, but it's just not as resplendent, is it? You want the legs on there. You yeah, want that, you're missing. You want that centerpiece, that right. bird, that structure. It's got a real, you know, it's got a real wow factor to it. A proper, massive, quality turkey, properly bred, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I wouldn't. I would not have a Christmas meal without turkey. Can I interject Ooh. a question from our audience? Yes. Because Bino Edwards, who's got a sad, sad face, Bino Edwards had said, "What would you cook for a vegetarian that doesn't like, well, hates all vegetables apart from sweet corn and mushrooms, and struggles with textures and too much food on a plate?" I mean, sweet corn and mushrooms is very limiting. Isn't it is a bit. What would you do with sweet corded mushrooms? I mean, you Dom's can shape laughing. it into a turkey. Tom is laughing. I'm imagining a turkey shape. Of all the questions that Orlando could read out, he could, he's reading the question of the vegetarian that doesn't eat vegetables. Doesn't eat what vegetables. can they have for Christmas? <laughs> so, Tom, this Bino wrote into us. I'm taking their question seriously. I mean, it's the, the only thing you can do with mushroom and sweet corn, surely, is a mushroom loaf with bits of sweet corn studded in it. That sounds uh, delicious. Oh, but no texture. He's a texture oh, no texture, friend. so we what, can't do that. So he doesn't like the texture of 
What, if it doesn't like texture. texture. Oh, yeah, come on, it's Christmas. A... Be nice to be No, no, but hold on. Crisp is a texture or soft is it? What texture does he not like? Doesn't like, it struggles with textures, with plural, textures. and too much food on a plate. Wow. This is Christmas. I want Bino to, Bino deserves to have as, not, as nice a time as you or anyone else. I would gladly volunteer my time to help Bino identify a Christmas meal he could reproduce at home that would work around his needs. But you know, get in touch. We want to hear from you. <laughs> Tom's, Tom's shaking his head. We really do. We really do. <laughs> in fact, he's coming round to yours, Malika. Yeah, yeah. For Christmas. He's having an open invitation on Christmas Day. Only slightly. Have you, got enough, have you got enough space around your Christmas table for an extra one? We'll make room. We tend to do that very well where I come from. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. In terms of food and flavors, you were talking about turkey and a traditional turkey, but wintertime is, you know, there's a lot of game that gets cooked around Christmas time and the run up to Christmas. And then, is there any space as an alternative on that Christmas table for the turkey? If you think of things like wild duck or you think of partridge and pheasant or even things like a, a, a hare or, or even venison, something like venison is fantastic at Christmas. What's our thoughts on, on game at Christmas? They're all a bit little. That's the only thing, aren't they? If you, <laughs> everyone, you've got 12 people around your table gazing at... You'd have to have 12 little partridges and things, wouldn't you? you if you were serving 12, which, which is a bit fiddly. Venison is, is larger. Isn't there a haunch of venison? Isn't that a rather magnificent that is. piece of... It is. Game. I mean, the challenge with game, of course, is that I don't think we're well enough acquainted with it, right? People don't know what to do with game. And it it, it, will, it, it can be quite gamey. Yeah. Am I allowed to say that? It can be game, a bit of an By gamey, you mean the flavours are the, very strong, It's quite prominent. rich. It's yeah. got this strong, intense way about it. And I think it but potentially it's not as much of a crowd pleaser as some of the other meats. For me, I feel game works better on Boxing Day. Okay. Like a venison biryani. I do a venison biryani that works really well. Yeah. And of course, with something that has rice in it, you know, you don't have to use a lot of game. It's quite cost effective. You bulk it out with something like, you know, rice or you could do some a pasta or something. And that might get around your um, your point, Orlando, as well, which is the portions, the yeah. size and the portions. I mean, a biryani can be a beautiful looking thing, exactly. can't it? Whereas mm -hmm. a, a, a partridge or... We uh, very much moved on and get the world of game though from it being it used to be when I first started cooking that something was shot or brought to you that you don't know quite how old it is what it's been fed and then you leave it to kind of hang on the carcass sometimes still in the feather or it, 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 and and wait until it's I mean almost rotten and fallen off the bone and then you cook it until it's just pink so all of those kind of like big punchy flavors are, are really really strong but we, we've definitely moved on game gets eaten a lot more now because i think we we we, we eat it much fresher much quicker like it comes to the table it comes to you we're not aging it we're not going through that aging process so it actually tastes a lot crisper a lot cleaner and i've actually the flavors of that particular animal i think game is, is moving forward hugely 
and things like venison that you mentioned there, the venison is absolutely beautiful and goes with those wonderful Indian spicing so nicely. Game goes so well with Indian really? spicing. Really? I mean, it's a sponge for it, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. excellent. And is there a challenge to cook these smaller birds, Tom? I mean, at the, at the restaurant, is there a lot, a lot of people aren't choosing them from your menu? Absolutely. If they're on the menu, people will have them all the time. And I think it's because people don't get that opportunity or they don't, they worry about cooking them at home. Yeah. You, you can pick them up from the butchers and actually supermarkets now are stocking bits of game, but it's never, it's never the thing that I don't think the people will go to for a choice. They're not going to, most people will pick up a chicken rather than a pheasant yeah, when and, they're at the supermarket. We'd be a bit worried about it getting, being dry because they've had an active life fluttering about these birds, haven't they? That they, they're more of a challenge to cook, aren't they? That, that, yeah, it is, it is a bit more of a challenge. So it's, so it sells very, very well in the restaurants because people put the trust into the hands of the professionals that they're going to get something fantastic. So there is definitely an upshot in the way that game, the game is being used. Now, we would mention and talking about sustainability earlier and, and, and how things have changed in the way when you were talking about wrapping paper and what you would do slightly differently. But we do a lot of wrapping in kitchens. We use mm. cling film an awful lot. Now, there's a lot that goes on towards Christmas and we always talk about it in the food world about what you need to do for your Christmas lunch is make sure that you've got everything sorted, you know, a day or two in advance, sometimes even four or five days, put it in the fridge, get ahead of time. Now, all of that is about preparation and wrapping things up in clean film and keeping it in the fridge. Is there alternatives? Is there a different way? It's very old fashioned to think that way, I'm afraid. I mean, but it's only become old fashioned in the past four or five years. But, but the amount of stuff that we used to use and that we used to be advised to use in cookbooks and magazines we were always using paper uh, baking paper greaseproof paper foil cling film and of course for certain cooking procedures they make life easier i mean it's much easier to clean up a tin that's been lined with foil and or foil or paper but of course you waste the foil or the paper now in the good food test kitchen we've really really cut back we don't use cling film at all now we cover with a plate or with something else um compostable cling film is available but we try not to use that we've drastically cut our use of paper towels um and what we do is we don't keep a big stock going we just when we run out we order more which is a really good discipline to have not to have a great cupboard full of stuff waiting for you in the future um i mean we also do things now like uh, buying ethically sourced meat and also we watch very carefully about um, how things can be cooked to save energy so in other words in an, in an air fryer or a slow cooker um, we don't preheat ovens if it's not necessary and we turn off the oven before the end if we think there's enough residual heat to finish cooking the thing which it very often is you know if you're cooking a cake or some baking a cake or something you can always turn the oven off five minutes before it just comes down quite gently so we're, we're doing our best but you know still there there is waste involved and there's waste of energy because you know you're still turning ovens on and off and still even if it's a microwave or an air fryer you're still turning things on and off but we're always trying to devise the recipes to to use less stuff generally as well as less, less effort because people like things that are easy to do and you can understand that do you think the habits that people need to get into, does that feel more of a... Absolutely. I mean, I try not to use cling film at all. So bees paper is really good. Have you seen those? Like you, they almost use the heat of your hand yeah. to seal the edges. They're not... You, that. I think it's brilliant stuff, but not everyone gets on well with it because no. they find it 
a, a drudge in the kitchen having this stuff lying around that has to be rinsed and washed. It does, but you know they work incredibly well to yeah. seal. Um, I also have these silicon, these reusable silicon lids. Have you seen those? And they just sit on top of bowls. And of course, you are now officially looking at the queen of Tupperware. Yeah, see, it's made a huge comeback, hasn't it? I remember, like in the early '80s, Tupperware parties and people were buying things uh, yeah. th that were happening. And now, all of a sudden, uh, it, you know, it disappeared. Everyone was using disposable items. Plastic was the big thing and cling film. And now we've gone back the other way. Where do all the lids go anyway? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're like socks, right? You yeah. can never find a matching pair. Like, try as you might. Um, I do think that you know, people are since the cost of living crisis, and particularly last year, uh, aware has really grown about you know being smart and efficient in the kitchen and things like when you turn the oven on an oven doesn't have taste you know so you can have a cake baking and a piece of meat roasting or you know something else cooking on a different shelf and you can be more efficient and I think people are doing these things where it's when it's not always possible to maybe buy a slow cooker or an air fryer they're just thinking about the way they function in the kitchen and how they behave yeah in olden days people used to use all the shelves of their oven when they put their oven on so we're returning to old knowledge really aren't we except we Sometimes it. that's progress, Orlando, returning to traditions, actually <laughs> yeah. undoing the damage we've done in the name of progress. <laughs> um, you, you said the word tradition there. Are there any family traditions that you have in your house and, and that you do that has kind of gone year on year that just makes you go, yeah, it's the holiday Christmas season right now? Oh, um, lots of board games, I guess. Um, we tend to, I tend to make like chutneys to give away as presents and things. So like I'll do a cranberry chutney with Bengali five spice mix and ginger. That's quite unusual. And I'll take that to friends' houses in the run up to Christmas. I think as you were saying, edible gifts mm. and drinkable gifts are really the way ahead because they... I mean, they are useful and they're going to be enjoyed, aren't they? That's right. And the other thing is just bringing groups of people round before Christmas. So I have a little soiree in my in my apartment for my neighbours. And, you know, we're a really odd bunch of people. But we come together. And in central London, that's quite unusual. You don't tend to hang with your neighbours. You know, it's not, it's not kind of sweet and neighbourly in the way it often is outside of big metropolitan bustling cities. But I think those things really kind of build up up to Christmas Day and foster feelings of like love and togetherness and all the good stuff. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like a, a hodgepodge of people hanging out and having fun. Yes. What sort of things when you were talking about they're making gifts and giving them away, what sort of gifts do you would you make, Orlando? What food gifts are you making? Well, I bought something by accident, which was a pomander kit, which is cloves and ribbon that you make in that you stick into an orange, and then you hang it in the airing cupboard, covered it, and it turns and it dries out slowly and turns into this lovely um, scented thing that you can hang and it just scents a room so I'm going to try I thought you could so easily recreate I don't want to take the business away from these lovely people who who, who I bought from by act I bought it by accident thinking it was something else um, but I thought I thought, I thought, I thought you could do that what are you buying that is an orange sure. clothes and ribbon right. where, where, that you're buying online <laughs> that you're going oh yeah I've definitely ordered that what were you expecting <laughs> no I actually bought it with a, uh, some um, spices that I bought by mail order and I ticked the wrong box but honestly Orlando we're trying to get out of sending people Christmas cards do you think we're going to be hanging oranges <laughs> in airing cupboards this is really I mean, sweet this is a real stretch but here I've got a new piece of Killjoy for you which oh. is um, Killjoy Orlando wreck, wreck everyone's Christmas you know Christmas crackers are another 
thing that I object to. I mean, I don't mind the noise, although it does frighten animals, the, all that popping and things. But it's all a bit, it's a bit horrible, the whole thing, all that kind of cardy, sparkly thing. I'm being, look, I'm being glared at in well, the studio. Oh, honestly, they absolutely we hate it. We so we've got I'm some, no, we've got some new ideas. So crackers, we've, got a, we've got a new idea, which you've come up with in the Good Food office, which is... Instead of the crackers, you get your guests to come around with two or three jokes each, and then you give a edible prize, save some chocolates, for the best and worst joke. Now, there's no pile of paper making you feel guilty, you know, a fire hazard on the table. There's no, not that noise frightening the anim- the domestic animals. Um, there's not that, those, what about those horrible little trinket toys no, that you get the, in the crackers? What about the toy that flies out of the crack and pokes you? in the eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, We're going to really that. miss that. Oh, and you could make yourself some paper hats out of the same new- newspaper or, or brown wrapping paper. I, I mean, no. I think we're clutching at straws. And do you know the worst thing about that is that you're putting the guilt and the shame <laughs> of somebody having to take ownership of a joke there. Because when you take a cracker and it's a really rubbish joke, you're reading it out. It's not your joke. You don't own that joke. Somebody else has written that. <laughs> if you're having to take a joke to someone's house, now you're like, yeah. one, is it inappropriate? Two, <laughs> is it actually funny? <laughs> Three, when there's tumbleweed blowing through the room after you've said it, you you then you're sitting with ownership of that. I'm 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 not up for that. I'm still up for crackers. I'm I'm. It's good. We'll get rid of. We'll banish Christmas cards. You got to keep crackers though, mate. Okay. How about the paper hats made out of brown? like parcel wrapping paper they're recyclable anyway aren't they <laughs> honestly no, no i'm looking at the most stylishly dressed woman in the world here you would look beautiful oh, with a oh, with a kind of you. brown paper sorry hat i've just distracted me by the first part of that <laughs> rather sentence. than something garish in you know blue or yellow or red would you, you want, want to do, look with a crown do we start a new tradition where we're actually making those crowns yeah before, yeah we're making and them then everyone has to do a dad joke i mean this is all going down a very, very terrible rabbit hole, if I'm honest. Have I ruined your Christmas, everyone? Not yet. No. Yeah, yeah, no, not okay. yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, yeah. Although ruining Christmas, Christmas cooking disasters. What's the worst one that you've ever had? Gosh, I may have gotten drunk before the meal was cooked at some point, <laughs> but that could have been Which just another remember. dinner party. I may have gotten drunk before, but I don't remember. Can't remember. <laughs> um, but, you know, cooking disasters, that's part of the fun, isn't it? Like, you've got to have a, a cooking disaster, especially at Christmas. So there's obviously got to be some ingredient missing, critically, that you're then furiously messaging your guests to buy en route when none of the shops are open. So that's always like an annual classic. Uh, and setting things on fire, I'm quite good at that. Set, set an apron on fire two weeks ago. Yeah, that was quite odd, yes. I mean, yeah, we don't really want to do that on Christmas Day. No, you really don't. No, no, set, setting yourself on fire and, and getting drunk before you've served the turkeys, probably, I would put that down as a Christmas cooking disaster excellent <laughs> may i just add that my apron is organic sustainable cotton it so was before you set this fire is also to true it. i set a small part of it on fire not the, the whole thing didn't go up in flames yeah, yeah there we go and then of course with your headdress the homemade headdress oh yes yeah, of course that's going to be very inflammable isn't it <laughs> is there any christmas foods that you've never tried that you'd like to is there a kind of an area of food that 
I mean, maybe not even Christmas. Maybe it could be your Christmas present, a food that you've never tried. Oh, I've never done frog's legs, to be honest. You've never eaten frog's eggs? Never eaten frog's legs. Bit like chicken. A bit like fishy little, chicken. Little, little. Yeah, well, so you eat chicken wings, don't you? I do, all right. Same, all right. same thing. Little bony. Yes. Mm. Tastes a bit like that. Doesn't sound very appetizing at all. Fi- are they fishy? I haven't had them for years and years. It's, it's, it's a, a bit like chicken with, yeah. a, with a hint of aqua. Right. <laughs> oh. so, not, you're not selling it though they're, they're, they're nice I mean they're nice would you choose them over a chicken wing I don't know I mean it's a pet but it's I'm sensing that's a no then Orlando no. yes. <laughs> but it's not a bad thing to eat they're not like you know I'll send you some for Christmas okay it sounds like a plan <laughs> look I eat everything you know I'm yeah. a happy eater well, what's a guilty pleasure then oh a guilty pleasure sugar do you know what I probably <laughs> eat way too much sugar and I know you know that's not something I want to admit to very happily but it's one of those things I mean, it's the hardest thing to give up and everybody loves a bit of sugar <laughs> right I have got 10 quick fire questions for you Malika are you, are you ready yes let's do okay, this then, Malika, let's go sprites love or hate love <laughs> good answer Yorkshire pudding at Christmas yes or no obviously yes really yes <laughs> okay it's a roast favourite Christmas tipple mulled wine alright yeah that's definite who are you kissing under the mistletoe absolutely nobody really yes how about Beano oh poor Beano maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe we need to solve that as a Christmas present then. <laughs> what's in your Christmas sandwich all the leftovers from Christmas Day. Okay, all right. What's the worst Christmas present you've ever received? Gosh, that's a really hard one. I mean, they're mostly so not very memorable at all, actually. I can't remember. I mean, that's pretty bad. So that means that everybody who's bought you a present, who's listening now, has gone, she doesn't even remember what I bought. I did love them when you gave them to me, promise. <laughs> Most overrated Christmas food. Most overrated. I'm going to say parsnips, actually. I just think at Christmas. Parsnips? You know, What's wrong with parsnips? I hate parsnips. Well, I just think Christmas dinner. Really? They've yes. got that horrible spiky bit at the end that yes. kind of sticks in your throat. And, and they're sweet and sticky. Listen, right. Final question. You have 10 seconds. How many gifts from the song... 12 days of Christmas can you name I'll start you off on the first day of Christmas what true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree absolutely Go. none what do you mean none I can't like this is an impossible question I'm going to have to sing the song yeah. to remind myself okay but you've got 10 seconds and I said time's up <laughs> time's up ding <laughs> now oh, <laughs> well done uh, Malika you've managed to score no points oh no <laughs> <laughs> listen mate last thing what makes you optimistic for the future I just think you know people are generally good you know I believe in the goodness of people and I just think food brings us together so we all work in food we love food we talk about food and I remain hopeful and optimism about optimistic about food bringing us together bridging divides and making the world a happy and peaceful place oh that's lovely on that note of food does anybody want a pigs in blanket yes please my goodness they've been winking at us all <laughs> through Go on, have one. they're super size we? as well they're bigger than normal pigs in blankets they do they're like, fabulous yes they're please they're isn't they they're, yeah they're full size they're mm. absolutely love them mm. what's the what's the flavor mm. what can you taste yeah. on that oh. mm. warm mm. they are still mm. warm juicy 
Mm, really mm, good. Mm. Is this the first pigs in blanket of the season, everyone? Are we having? Mm. Not mine. No, really? I, yeah, I'm quite lucky. Well, you're in the world of media, mm. television, magazines. Uh, Sometimes the Christmas shoots that you'll do for magazines mm. done in July and mm. August. I've had pigs in blankets in the summer, mate. Have you? Beat you to it. Gosh. Beat you to it. They're absolutely delicious. I tell you what, they're a bit like hunter's sausages. You know, when you do them with a kind of a glaze on it, these have got chilli jam on them. Mm. I like pigs in blanket risotto, oh. where you stir pigs in blankets through risotto mm. at the end. What flavour risotto is it? Mm. Cheesy. That sounds like a proper guilty pleasure, that. Mm. Well, that's a nice way of using stuff up. Very sustainable. Mm. Very, and good. very nice, good. And a very nice end to this week's podcast. <laughs> Listen, if you want to hear any of the extra stuff on Thursday, it's coming out where I'm giving my venison keema recipe perfect as an alternative to turkey. Next week, Malika will be chatting to the one and only Jamie Oliver from his new restaurant to find out what Christmas means to him. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Good Food Podcast. For more festive recipes and inspiration, please visit bbcgoodfood.com.